It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. What the hell's going on out here? Welcome to the latest installment of the Run to Daylight podcast. Today we have SFB7 of the Scott Fish Bowl. Uh, This is the podcast number two where we're going to be interviewing a bunch of the people who are in the SFB7. Um, Getting your Scott Fish invite is the cool ticket of the year. I'm happy to be in it for my second year. We're going to have four guests with us today. The first of which is Matt Wispy. Matt can be found on Twitter at Wispy the Kid, and that's W-I-S-P-E-Y, the Kid. He angrily tweets Buckeyes games and contributes to rotoviz.com. And like me, he seems to have a fetish for lame jokes, which he puts on randomsportsthoughts.com. Tacos are also delicious, he thinks. So we're going to have to get into that as uh, food is definitely my second favorite subject after football. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Todd. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So uh, how old are you? Where are you from? And how do you end up at Rotoviz? So I'm uh, 29 and I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I guess the way I got to Rotoviz was I was writing on my blog, randomsports.com thought, hmm, I'm okay at this. I, I'm not terrible. So through recommendation of another Twitter user, uh, Hooday, um, he per- directed me to Fantasy Douche, and I just does sent he, in. Does Hooday, some... uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but does Hooday also work with the Blowfish? Uh, no, but he should. <laughs> See, lame but... jokes. <laughs> that I mean, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, but so he, uh, he actually recommended I reach out to fantasy douche and gave me the email to send to him and sent it to him, got a little back and forth on a, an article idea I had ended up trashing it completely and starting fresh and then, uh, wrote a a player article about Dwayne Allen and why I thought he was going to be the seventh best tight end in 2016. That was a miss. 
I, I was, we have two things in common, lame jokes and that we both loved Dwayne Allen last year. <laughs> I had so much Dwayne Allen, he was coming out of my eyeballs. I, I still think the logic was good, even if the player wasn't. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. I think my process to getting to saying he was going to be a very good player was perfectly fine. It's just he wasn't, and that was kind of annoying. It was annoying, and what made it more annoying was that, you know, Doyle became the guy who broke out, not Dwayne Allen, and that was yeah. quite frustrating since I had zero of Doyle. Yeah. What kind of articles do you write for Rotoviz, and uh, anything else that you'd like to talk about that you do in the, uh, in the realm of fantasy sports? So I, uh, my, my main articles that I write, are they tend to be kind of these player profiles. So last year I did Dwayne Allen, Deion Lewis. I had a little comparison article of saying, who should you pick between like Arian Foster and Melvin Gordon? I picked the wrong side. Um, and then this year I've, I'm I've done a little more. I'm refraining from making a joke right now. Ah, you're good. Uh, <laughs> but so I, uh, I, this year I've done – a little less redraft and I, I kind of got into rookies a little bit more. So I kind of, I wrote two articles about Zay Jones, two articles about Brian Hill. And then my most recent article I did actually was the in, an instant react to Jeremy Macklin's release. And, and where did you come out on uh, the Jeremy Macklin release? So I focused kind of on the, newly available targets and who it would have the greatest impact on and kind of how it would affect them fantasy wise. I, I, my biggest takeaway was it's a big knock on Alex Smith in any format other than two QB. He's almost unrosterable other than super deep leagues in that Tyree kill was all of us was going to get very, very expensive in any format. And if you were looking to acquire him, the, the time's passed, the window closed. Yeah, and and, and I, uh, you know my co- my question with Tyreek Hill isn't his ability, and it isn't even his opportunity. Obviously, it's just whether his efficiency will stay as good as it was. Small guy, you know. In general, when you get more targets, a lot of times efficiency will suffer, and I I just wonder at a guy his size, if efficiency will suffer even more with a heavier workload. And I'm kind of on the same boat. I, I thought that his, his touchdown rate seemed pretty unsustainable. And the yards he was getting um, on a per-play basis actually weren't as good as you'd think. So he's he's just not really the guy I would be going after. And so I, I saw him as basically almost untouchable. And and obviously then I saw Kelsey as he needs to be considered among the elite tight ends. We need to talk about him in the same tier as Greg Olson, Jeremy Re- or not Jeremy, Jordan Reed and Gronk, because he's going to get the same volume as those guys. Yeah, I mean, I had all the Kelsey two years ago expecting him to break out, (laughs) and I still hate Andy Reed to this day because they just wouldn't feed the guy the ball even though he had all the talent in the world. So I still wonder, like, what way is Andy Reed going to screw with all of our lives? And and I'm just not sure – 
Uh, one thing I do think, I do think that whoever, both of the running backs that people think are going to get the volume there in Kareem Hunt and in Spencer Ware, I do think that that, that is going to cause some more targets to go to the running backs because Macklin, whoever they put out there, isn't going to be as good as Macklin was. And a lot of times that's going to mean Alex Smith dumping down to his running back. I agree. I, I, I'm on Team Spencer Ware of this just because I've seen what he can do. And I tend to just trust him a little bit more than I do a rookie. So I, I think that they both probably have some value because they're now getting some extra passes available. Yeah, I I coined a phrase because someone on Twitter came up. We were talking about stacking different people, whether it's, you know, at running back. And, mm-hmm. and in this case, it would be stacking where with Kareem Hunt. And, at the you know, at their current prices, that's not, you know, a bad idea. And someone else said, well, when did we stop calling it handcuffing? And my comment was, well, it's not like a traditional handcuff. So I coined the phrase stack cuffing. And I think oh, that yeah. Spencer Ware and Kareem Hunt make an excellent stack cuff, especially now that Spencer Ware is available quite often in drafts right around, you know, the, I've, I've seen him in the sixth round. And I've certainly taken some more shares in the fifth round and with Hunt, a lot of times you can still find him in the 10th, 11th. I'm not against putting those two guys together on the same best ball roster. What's your thoughts about that? I mean, it's the cheaper version of Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. You're getting two guys that individually may have value on different weeks, and it's not requiring an injury for one of them to have a breakout value. I, I like the stat cuff method a lot because it is, it's not relying upon something negative happening. Yeah, I, I, I wrote in my article that I wrote on footballdiehards.com about stack cuffing. I wrote that I'm off the Freeman Coleman stack cuff for this year because of the cost. They were the stack cuff to own last year. And that, you know, one my favorite stack cuff right now is Bilal Powell and Matt Forte two guys who I think can both pay off their AD, their current ADP should both of them stay healthy. And then, of course, if one of them goes down, you, you've got whoever is left. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I kind of like the stat cup method. I think that if I were going to go for another one, and I probably wouldn't ever get this just because I don't draft running backs this early typically, I actually don't hate Lamar Miller and um, Dante Foreman just because – I think that team's going to run the ball 350 times this year, and they're not giving 350 carries to Lamar Miller. And I think that Dante Foreman, the numbers I saw, he tested out as a guy who could become an instant running back too, and he's dirt cheap. So Yeah, he, he's the one guy, and I think rightfully. I mean, I didn't like his tape as much as I did some of the other running backs, but if I can get – Lamar Hill, Lamar Hill, Lamar Miller in the third round, Dante Foreman's there in the 15th round. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's it's super cheap to acquire the second run to it compared to some of these other ones where you might be fighting your own teammate for workload on a weekly basis and you still have to pay two top-ten round picks. 
I think that's if you're going to go for an early running back, he's a nice guy to put with him. Yeah, I don't mind putting like a seventh round pick with a tenth round pick on the same team, but I'm I'm not going to be putting Coleman and Freeman, two guys who I think are on an offense that could easily regress after their big season last year. Um, nah, no thank you. So let's move over to SFB7, the reason why we're here. Is this your first season doing SFB, or are you in for a second or third time? I'm in for a second year. I was in SFB 480 last year. I did make the playoffs. Um, I think I was like 112 after the regular season, but then I ended up making it out of the first round of the playoffs and then got absolutely crushed in the second round. But I I was kind of – I was happy with my results. First year entering a big analyst draft is my first year as an analyst and didn't fall on my face. No, I, I felt the same way. I I made two horrendous picks early and still made the playoffs and lost in week uh, one of the playoffs. So hopefully we're going to do a lot better this time. Um, who are some of the key people in your division? In and and what division are you in? So I'm in I'm in the Eeyore division. Um, the big name. I wish I the was biggest in the Eeyore name. division. I love Eeyore. <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, everyone loves Eeyore. Um, the biggest name in my division is Sigmund Bloom. Um, but the person who I'm keeping an eye on a little bit is Katie Flower at a UTH Dynasty. I was in a division with Chad Parsons last year, and he was, after winning our division, he was proclaiming her as, like, this low-key, really tough competitor. So I've got my eye on her. Okay. Um I'm going to have to throw some shade at Chad. He followed me on Twitter and I, you know, I, I typically will follow people back and, mm-hmm. um, and then like I, I do this thing where I go through all my follows, you know, what, especially if I get a lot in one period, like at least once a month I'll go through and look for people who followed me just to unfollow me. And mm-hmm. I noticed that he wasn't following me anymore. So I was like, Oh. I, I don't mind. Look, you, you don't I, you don't have to follow me if I follow you. But if you follow me and then I follow you and you let me go, I I don't know. I, I'm just not a big fan of that move. It, it's a it's a pet peeve of I saw Scott Fish actually tweet out about it a few weeks ago, and I've noticed there's one site and I won't specifically name their name, but they keep they've done it to me. They've followed me six or seven times. And I don't follow back because I'm I'm not really interested in their content, and but they keep following me and then unfollowing. And I know that's the game they're playing is they're trying to get me to follow back. Yeah, and look, I mean, I, I there's a possibility that he sat on my timeline for a week and said, "Oh, this guy's annoying. I I got I got to <laughs> get rid of him." I mean, that you know, and that I could understand, you know, but I'm just not a big fan of the uh, the whole follow and unfollow thing. So a lot of changes to the scoring system in SFB7 this year. Um, I think you mentioned something to me on uh, DM about it. Why don't you give us your thoughts on the scoring system? So it is a big change from last year. Last year, it overwhelmingly, the point per carry made it, so you have to go running back early. Otherwise, you were just playing from behind, even with the super flex. 
And this year, I think there's a little more variance in that um, just from the fact that even though running backs are really, were really prevalent last year in 20, 2015, I should say, it was, it was a lot more balanced at the top. I think that's kind of an interesting little thing people aren't seeing, at least in early mocks. Um, and the one thing I, I mentioned to you on DM was last week you had talked about how the running back, wide receiver, and tight end touchdowns were only five points. And the wrinkle in that is that it counts a touchdown as a first down. So it's actually, it still is the six for running back and wide receiver. And then for tight end, you actually get seven and a half points for a touchdown. Um, if, assuming I did my math correctly. Yeah, I did not realize that. And when you mentioned it to me, it uh, it showed me all the more that I need to do some studying and preparation for the draft. I'm really glad that you mentioned it. Um, top 12 picks in in the draft. How many running backs, how many wide receivers, how many quarterbacks, and how many tight ends do you think will be in the top 12 of the average SFB first round? I think people aren't quite – adjusting their strategies enough, at least from what I've seen in the early mock data, which may be complete garbage. But it's looking like you're going to get very similar to MFL 10 with the exception of you're probably going to get two QBs, about five running backs, and five wide receivers. You might get a Gronk, but I don't think that you're going to get a lot of leagues where you see two tight ends in the first, three QBs. I think it's going to go pretty – people are going to have trouble getting out of their own way and you're going to see very traditional drafting styles by a lot of people. I hope that's the case because I've got the 10th pick, and I, you know, I feel like every time um, someone drafts a wide receiver in the first round of SFB this year, um, an angel loses its wings. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm not a big fan of the wide receiver early this year, but I'm hoping that no one listens to my pod, or if they do – they don't agree with me, and they draft all the big wide receivers like they already, uh, as you mentioned, as they always do. Any other tips and strategies on the scoring system that you think are important to know? I, I just think the biggest thing is it's this year it's going to be tough to avoid tight end. You can't, with getting 2.5 um, points per first down, and as I mentioned, it adds up to a 7.5 point per touchdown, getting – at least one good tight end because you do have to start one kind of feels like a must. I actually have toyed with the idea of potentially in my three non QB flex spots going after getting two of those big, like six, maybe three of the top eight. And then I can roll out a position where I only need maybe 40% of the targets to get the same level of return. Yeah, that that is a very interesting way of looking at it. I my early take is that to go QB and running back very heavy early, but we all mm-hmm. know that going running back heavy early can mean injuries and injuries can mean ending up on the sideline for the year. So a lot more thought needs to go into it still for me. Um last question for you before we head over to our second guest and I I really do appreciate you coming on. I'd love to have you on another time. You know, maybe I've been I've been kicking around the idea of having kind of a snark fest where, uh, you know, you, you take seven or eight topics off of Twitter that people are uh, uh, 
you know, going back and forth and back and forth on and just make lame jokes about it. So if you're a lame joke guy, maybe we could put that together sometime. But uh, that sounds awesome. my last question for you is what draft spot do you have? And the, I guess, you know, just the strategy that you feel that you need to bring to bear out of that draft spot. So I'm at, I'm at pick 11. So I feel your pain at the end of the, the round. Um, I think my biggest strategy is that I'm probably not going running back or wide receiver in the first round. Um, as much as I'm tempted by the running back heavy and how well they did score last year, I don't think I'm getting any type of positional advantage by doing so compared to something if I were to potentially go QB tight end where I could end up with potentially QB two and tight end one or two overall. And I think my strategy, because I did well enough last year was I want to go slightly contrarian and play a different, go a different path than most. Well, I mean, if you're going to try and get to the top of a, uh, a, a tournament that has 720 people thinking contrarian is a very, very, you know, reasonable option. And I am um, really glad that you came on and I just need to ask you one last thing. Are you afraid of runs in SFB? Do you think I mean, that, all... especially being out of the 11 spot, are you afraid of runs? Well, I've let my pipe dream of Aaron Rodgers slipping to me at the 11th pick kind of fade fade to darkness, but I don't think that the positions that I'm actively targeting will run in the first round. What I tend to see is that you get the, at least last year, you tended to see the runs start early second into the third round because that's when QB panic hits, and when I guess this year it might be tight end panic hits. So in the first round, people are going to fall back on what they know. They're going to go to that, I know wide receivers, I know running backs, or if they're really sharp, they might go, I see Gronk or I see um, Aaron Rodgers. But I really don't see seven people freaking out about QB in the first round or three people freaking out about tight end as much as I see people see three runnings go off the board and everyone say, I need a running back now. Yeah. I, I, I think in general, this is going to be a very run heavy draft. I think anytime you've got certain positions that, you know, seemingly or have more value than others, I think that can tend to lead to some significant runs. But I, every, one thing I learned last year, uh, Matt, is that every division in SFB7 is different. And I wish you very good luck, and hopefully you'll come back and do another pod with us. I thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Have a good day. You do the same. Bye. Our next guest is Jason Tran. I believe Jason did one of our pods last year. Jason, are you there? Yeah, Todd, can you hear me? I can. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Uh, well, unlike uh, butt fumble, I just uh, handed off the ball better from one guest to another, so I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, Jason, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where they can find you on Twitter, and different things you're doing in the fantasy community right now? 
Sure, sure. Mine's pretty easy. Mine's just at Jason Tran. It's T-R-A-N. Um, right now, I'm doing a little bit of writing. I uh, just put out my first article with Flaffle House about uh, doing fantasy football for charity. So it's a, I think it's an awesome article and just kind of wanted to spread some awareness to the community and get that out there. Got another one in the pipeline for some SFB stuff coming up that should be out fairly shortly. Awesome. <clears throat> How was your fantasy? You you were on the pod last year, correct? Yep, yep. I was on. That was my first one last year. Ah, uh, you know I love the newbies. <laughs> so, um, where are you from? And uh, any other personal information we should get while I'm trying to make the transition here to my second guest? Uh, I'm from northern Illinois. Uh, Not too much personal information, just kind of been with the fantasy football community for probably three years now, just on Twitter and such. Kind of dabble in all sorts of different leagues, Dynasty, Redraft, uh, obviously these big ones like SFB. This is my third year here, so that's exciting. It is exciting. What did you feel like the first time you got invited? Uh, you know, I kind of just heard about it right before I got in and was like, super excited. I mean, back then it was 360 people, so, you know, that's huge still, and now it's crazy. So, you know, it should be a fun ride. Yeah, it absolutely should. So um, are you a fan of Illinois Chicago sports teams, or do you like other uh, teams? Um, I do. I'm a big Chicago sports fan. I like pretty much all the teams. Um, But as a Chicago sports fan, I feel like you have to have a backup team, too, because for a long time our teams weren't very good. So, you know, I I root for a few other teams. I'm a a Patriots fan as well, so I do root for them. But uh, mainly Chicago sports. (laughs) Hold on. Who's my third guest? Hopefully a non-Patriot fan. No, it's all right. I'm teasing. So, um, well, that's good. So you live in that area. I guess you would be the right person to ask about the Chicago wide receivers. What do you think the breakout's going to be with Kevin White and Cameron Meredith? Are they going to be, you know, what, what's your take on both of their ADPs? And who's your favorite uh, underdog to get a nice role in that offense? Uh, you know what? To be honest with you, I'm avoiding all Chicago wide receivers just because it's I think it's such a mess. Nobody knows what's going to go on. I mean, I'm I'm a little worried about Kevin White. I don't know if he'll ever be healthy, but we'll see what happens. My uh my breakout candidate is actually Kendall Wright. I think he's getting underrated in that offense, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I drafted him a couple times in the 20th round recently, and I announced on Twitter that I thought he was a, a really interesting candidate. And, you know, I got I got a little bit of uh, argument from other people, so I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one. I, 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 I wrote an article on Football Diehards about uh, Warren Buffett-style investing and how he always uses – he looks for companies with a durable competitive advantage. And in, to me, in football, that's your talent, and Kendall Wright has it. And the last two years, it was – you know, it was not about his talent. It was about how he freelanced. He just seemed to fall out of favor with the coaching staff. So I think if he can get off on the right foot, he could actually be a good player for the Bears. Yeah, I agree. And I think Marcus Wheaton is actually in the same boat. So 
I mean, I think they have some decent wide receivers, but I think it's going to be so spread out that I, I just wouldn't touch them. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Victor Cruz guy being a Giant fan, but he wasn't the same player after his injury. And, you know, I don't think Marcus Wheaton has what Warren Buffett looks for, that uh, that durable competitive advantage. I mean, if he could never do more with the opportunity with Big Ben and that offense in Pittsburgh, I don't know how anyone can expect him to do much in Chicago. Yeah, it seems fair. So what division are you in? Uh, this year I'm in, in the – Yeah, this year I'm in the Classic Conference in the Power Line Division. The Power Line Division. And I see C.D. Carter is in that division. He's always interesting on Twitter. Are there any other people that you uh, have your eye on? Yeah, obviously he's the big one. So that's he's the one that stands out. But uh, I might botch some names here. But Rob Willett from Dynasty League Football, obviously, I think he's that's a great group to come from. And then uh, Halal Chami from Player Profile, he's I've talked with him a little bit too, so I'm I'm a little worried there, but he's a good guy. And yeah, exactly. I, I I think Eric Fingston was in my league last year, and Kenny Darter. So I mean, you and and you, the, those are the three. You're still in the fan uh, portion, and you know those are three pretty tough fans. So it'll be. Uh, that could be a very tough division. So, what draft choice? What draft spot do you have? Uh, I've got the nine spot this year. So, I, I wanted to get in the top three. That's my preferred spot this year. But all pretty much all off season, I've been hitting the nine spot in all my drafts. So, I'm pretty comfortable in that spot. Yeah, I uh, I've got the tenth spot. So we can uh, we can share some notes. Um, anyone that you hope might faulty in the first round? Uh, I, I've seen it happen, but I don't expect it. I, I hope Aaron Rodgers happens to get there somehow. I, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, him or Drew Brees, I'd be happy taking at number nine if, if I'm going quarterback early. Right, and I think going quarterback early is a reasonable thing to do uh, with the scoring system <clears throat> the way that it is. Um how did you do in uh, SFB last year? Uh, last year I, I did terrible, to be honest with you. Uh, I think I won four games. Uh, had some had some risk with wide receivers. I went a little short on wide receivers, and Sammy Watkins was terrible. And then Brandon Marshall had his worst year ever in his career, so they kind of destroyed my wide receiver core. Yeah, I mean, it can happen in any league. And, you know, when you're drafting with so many good people and with deep rosters, um, it's hard to make up for a, a bad draft with uh, with waiver picks. Yeah, exactly. And I lost the – I had Tony Romo, and then he got hurt, and I went all in on Dak with all my blind bidding. So I kind of didn't have any anything left to pick up anybody else there. Yeah, um, I, I got you. So with the ninth spot, you're you're th- you're, you're leaning towards going quarterback. And what are your thoughts about the position that you would look at coming back in round two? Uh, coming back, I am leaning quarterback 
round one, um, unless there's like a big running back that I, I need there. But coming back, I'm, I'm probably going running back. But if somebody like Brady falls there, it'd be tough not to go two quarterbacks to be, to have the top two quarterbacks or top two of the top four would be pretty huge. Yeah. I, I mentioned this in, uh, with the last guest, um, Matt, but are you worried about runs? You know, being in the ninth spot, it's not as bad as his 11th or mine 10th, but you get two quick picks and then you've got that long wait for your, for your, you know, for the two, nine, uh, three, nine. It's, um, it's a significant wait every time. Are you worried that there's going to be huge runs based on the, the, the setup that we've got this year? Yeah, 17 picks between my second round and my third round. So that's, you know, that's a lot of players coming off the board, but you kind of just have to go with what the what the draft brings you. And I think it's going to be running back heavy in the front. So, I mean, in one of the mocks I did, I had Jordy Nelson follow me in, my, in the third round. I wouldn't be too upset about having him there. But No, I mean, and, and even if he fell, I would be tempted not to go wide receiver in the third round. I think that's going to be one of the impulse controls in the first five to six rounds. How well can you resist the urge to take that big wide receiver when, you know, you're so used to not seeing him fall to that spot. Um, you know, my thought is, boy, I, I, I really want a tight end. I really want a quarterback or two. I really want a running back or two. And with the runs, you know, if you go wide receiver, um, you know, I, it, it, it's going to be hard. I mean, if Odell Beckham is sitting there at, and I don't expect him to, but if Odell Beckham's sitting there at 310, I mean, how do you not take him? I, I don't know. But you could really be hurting yourself at some other positions if you go, to, you know, with too many wide receivers early. Yep, exactly. And looking back at last, or looking back at the top 100 using this scoring, wide receivers are still dominating in there, which means that there's even less running backs that are scoring that many points. So, got to get the good ones early, I guess. Yep, I I agree. Any other interesting thoughts that you have on the scoring system? Uh, you know, obviously, it's. I think the thing is, none of us have really played a scoring system like this before, so it doesn't really put anybody at a disadvantage. So that's always good. But you know, it's it's something different. I know Scott was trying to see what people thought and open people's minds to different scoring. So I know a lot of people that really love wide receivers aren't really too happy, but I think they'll be all right. Well, but that's just it. What what, what Scott did is he put us in a position where. You, you know, he's almost challenging our biases. But at the same time, while wide receivers are undervalued, you also have to start three of them. So that's where the value at wide receiver comes in, because if you don't have three decent ones, you could be getting killed at wide receiver every week. Exactly. And I know that you know, I've been arguing with people on Twitter before that, you know, they say that the wide receivers are hurting, but you still have to start three and say you have an injury to one of your top three, you know, you got to make sure you have the depth behind it still too. So can't let them go too far. Yep. You mentioned you were in dynasty leagues, correct? Correct. Yep. I'm in, uh, I'm in a few of them. How many total leagues are you in? Um, Not including MFL 10s. 
I would say probably around 10 to 15, somewhere in that range. I don't have an exact that you number. Do, off that you head. do waivers for? That you do waivers for each week? Uh, there's three dynasty leagues I'm in that don't have any waivers. They do. We do like a mid-season draft and then the off-season draft, but not not week-to-week waivers like that. Probably I would say seven or eight week-to-week waiver one. That God bless you. <laughs> I, I I just. <laughs> I, I work, you know, 60 hours a week and 50, 60 hours a week. And, and you know, there's times I'm out selling all day and I come home and it's like, oh, I got to do three waivers tonight. And I'm just exhausted. I can't imagine having seven or eight. But it's good to be young. That's the one thing you got going for you. You got all that energy. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I just left a job where I was working 60 hours a week and now I'm down to 40. So I cut a, got a little extra free time now. You got to join more leagues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Jason, it was great having you on again this year. I really appreciate your time. Any final thoughts that you might have on Scott Fishbowl before we move on? Uh, you know, the big thing is for people who are playing, uh, just remember that it's it's 720 people. You're you're going to be frustrated, and things are going to happen that you're not going to like. But just enjoy the ride because there's. I talked to Scott and 5,000 people signed up for it this year. So, you know, be lucky that you're in, I guess, and just have fun with it. Wow. That's, that's impressive. 5,000. I mean, Scott does an amazing job with this and he's, you know, he, he really is such a good guy. So shout out to Scott. Thank you for putting this all together and giving us the opportunity to be part of it. Um, Jason, thank you very much, and we'll look forward to seeing you, and good luck with SFB7. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again, Todd. Oh, my pleasure. All right. Our next guest is Sal Lito from Flaffle House, and I'm going to ask him to pronounce it because in my head, every time I hear it, I call it the Falafel House. Sal, are you there? I am here, Todd, and, and you're, you're pronouncing it correctly. It does sound exactly like the food, but it does not represent the food. You know, I've always thought that I, I had, like, this great idea for, for this. I, you know, imagine if someone made falafels. Yeah, I would love it. You know, it's, you it, my... it's, 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 it's falafel, but it's in the shape of a waffle, so it's called falafel. Yeah, if we could, and if we could somehow get our name on that package, and I could get some money out of it, I'd, I'd be all, all that much more on board with that. How uh, <laughs> how pissed would I be if, in like, you know, four months they're out, and it was because some jagoff was listening to my stupid little pod and stole my idea, and now is a millionaire. Yeah, well, pretty much, I have um, my co-host Steve and Kevin. They're working on your idea right now. So that's kind of what we do. So. Um, but we'll throw you something. Don't worry about it. Oh, well, that's good. So um, <laughs> just so people know, Sal is on Twitter at Leto Sal, L-E-T-O, Sal. He is the Gordon Ramsay of fantasy football, the father of three, host of the Falafel House fantasy football podcast. He's in Pigs 2, Koth, Koth 2, SFB7 in the Olaf division, and he's in Long Island. Where on Long Island are you? 
That's great. So you obviously will listen to our last podcast. Um, I'm, I'm out in Suffolk County, so if you if you know all that or if you don't, it's broken into two counties. Nassau County leads into Queens, and then Suffolk County is a little bit further out east. So I, I am on the south shore, probably right now sitting about a quarter to a half a mile away from the Great South Bay. And, uh, yeah. Wanta uh, uh, is not far from me. Wanta is probably, if uh, I run a few traffic lights, I could probably be there in 15 minutes. Yeah, I I, I'm a, I I sell luggage, and there's been a luggage store my whole career in Wanta. I also have one in Rockville Center. So uh, not not you know, I, I, I can't say that I know Long Island all that well, but it is a place that I've been multiple times in my life. Yeah, both of those places are stops on my tr- on my train uh, train line. We go right through Wanta and Rockville Center, so I know them well. Oh, that's cool. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourself other than what I mentioned in my little uh, intro, which basically my secret is I just read it off of your Twitter page. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So people, some people have actually asked me about the Gordon Ramsay thing. So we have a, a handful of us who, who started the whole falafel, and falafel stands for Fantasy Life App Fantasy Football League, and I'll get more into that in a second. But one of the guys who has, has helped – grow the the brands with us and, and did a lot of work with us branded the pal um i he's he's younger he's probably about 25 26 years old i'm 40 i'll be 43 this coming august and love brandon to death but he he kind of sets it up on a tee for me all the time and i just kind of you know i attack him and he sends me gifts or gifs or however you want to say them us old guys don't really know of gordon ramsay basically calling him an idiot and stuff of that nature so that's kind of where that comes from and if you did listen to our last podcast which by saying long island i know you did you'll you'll know that i do berate steve sometimes in our boxer chats it's kind of my thing but it's all in love it's it's how my mother abused i mean loved me growing up so i <laughs> kind of try to pass it on to, to my friends um so yeah we, we met the guys who do falafel we met on the fantasy life app that's matthew berry's um fantasy life app it's a social media app and uh Actually, Matt Wispy, who was your your first guest tonight, uh, he's from another one of the prominent groups on that app, the Fantasy Life OGs. They were some of the original beta testers for that app, and and the OGs and Falafel are definitely two of the more prominent ones on there. So it was cool to hear Matt tonight because we've spoken plenty of times through the app or Twitter or whatever, but I've never had an actual conversation with him. So, uh, yeah, we just from there, we created a league, we created a chat room league, and people started showing up into our chat room for the league because it was open to the public and started hanging out and started asking questions. We started answering them and more people showed up, and more people asked questions and more people stayed. And before you knew it, over the course of the last two years, we ended up with nearly 15,000 people in our chat room, a chat room that we started for a 16 team fantasy football league. That's and and it kind of became, hey, it's Todd, I, I couldn't even, some of the stuff that has happened over the two years as a result of it just blows my mind. But what you find on that app and, and in the community in general is people want to talk to other people like themselves. They want to talk to other people who are as passionate about fake football as they are. Uh, I'm playing since the early 90s. I believe 1994 was my first actual league. I used to play the uh, New York Daily News version that was in the back of the newspaper. You being a New Jersey guy, you probably remember they used to have that one. You used to have to actually mail that in and then make phone calls to change, change your guys on a weekly basis. No, and so, I, uh, 
I, I didn't get into it until 99, and this okay. is kind of uh, – but it, it's – you know, I kind of had a blank spot in my early life. I was uh, – I was – kind of mixed up and uh, I'm a li- I'm I'm 54 so I'm 10 years older than you but in the 80s I lived in Brooklyn um a couple different spots and you know I, I mentioned uh, you know so when I say Long Island I've known plenty of people from Long Island it wasn't anything about uh it definitely wasn't anything to do with the pod but uh it's you know it's just you know you guys have a really distinct accent that's awesome that you said it then because um, we ju- uh, just on our pod that dropped on Friday, uh, basically we did an entire bit about my accent. And when I leave voice messages on the Voxer app for Kevin or Steve and Kevin hits the transcribe button, what it actually transcribes is not really English. Well, I don't know what comes out, but it doesn't make any sense at all. So we did a little game where – Kevin read what I what I supposedly said, and Steve had to guess what news, what fantasy football news that was. So when I accentuated the accent, I said Long Island. Kevin asked me, "What is a Island?" And he had never heard that. And I said, "Yeah, <laughs> Long Island people." And when I say it nice and slow, but we don't talk slow, we always talk fast. I can say exactly. Long Island, but we say Long Island. It's just easier that way. We get it over and done with pretty quickly. Well, you know, back back in the day, you guys were known for your accent, and the girls all had the biggest hair. Like the oh late God, 80s, yes. all women had big hair, but no one had bigger hair than the girls of Long Island. Yeah, they could stop a wave on uh, Jones Beach with that hair. Send it back. <laughs> and you, you've got an exciting – I know you've got a real exciting career move coming up. You are going to be drafting with me at my new best ball fantasy league. That's right. It's going to be my yeah. It's going to be my first best ball dynasty, and uh, you reached out to a couple of guys in the community, and we've expanded myself and the other guys. I'll speak for all of us. We've expanded into so many dynasty leagues this off season, and most of it at the um, the doing of Scott Fish. Scott Fish has, has gotten us involved in so many things. I'm, I'm in many different leagues of his that involve so many different types of his crazy scoring. But the, the, when you reached out about the best ball dynasty, I said, you know what? We're not doing one of those. So the three of us who do the Falafel House podcast are going to go in on that team together. And that should definitely lead to some fun and interesting uh, group chat messages when we don't agree on who oh, we're supposed to drive. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'd love to come on your podcast sometimes and, bre- and break some balls. I mean, you know, I do it old school, so it'll be a lot of fun. But I, We'd I, love to have I, you, Todd. I, I, you know, I'm I'm one of those crazy scoring guys. I've added a twist in our best ball uh, dynasty league, where my fantasy league now allows you to um, give points for pick sixes. So in our league, we will actually the quarterbacks will get six points for a touchdown pass, three points for an interception, and another three points if that interception turns into a touchdown. So essentially. All touchdowns are now going to be six points in that league, which to me, you know how like when things aren't real, I'm one of those guys, if something doesn't feel real, I'm always looking to improve it. And to me, nothing is worse than, you know, the the way the quarterback position is the last few years where it, they all end up so close together, you can afford to take them late. 
And some really bad quarterbacks aren't that bad for fantasy because they're not punished enough for the really bad things that they do in the NFL. So I love the addition of the pick six. So I hope that you guys like that uh, little addition that I threw in. Yeah, well, I was, I'm was i a Blake Bortles guy. I always try to talk him up to Stephen Kevin, but now you just ruined any chance of them letting me take Blake Bortles this year. Oh, yeah, you're screwed. He'll be there in, like, the 18th <laughs> round. No, just yeah. Well, it's a super flex, and that was the thought. The thought was come up with some rules where it's a super flex, but, you know, you know going crazy. What I don't like about super flex is there's only 32 starting quarterbacks every week, and during bye weeks, that's down to sometimes 20, you know, 22, 23. You know, it leads to hoarding of quarterbacks, which – is you know and and then it's too much value you know some lousy quarterback has more value than a good running back so you know I I made these rules so that the bad quarterbacks aren't going to be a no-brainer to to play every week yeah I like it I like that um, fantasy has come a long way with the different scoring and and guys like yourself and Scott who are doing innovative things and make it more challenging it it you know it takes when you make a set of rankings at the beginning of the season it kind of takes the rankings and just changes everything. So the, when, when you do rankings, you do, do them for basic straightforward fantasy. When you get into these leagues with, with, uh, with you guys, it's just basically going on the fly. You have a general idea of, of who you like and what you expect, but you got to change it, your strategy as the, as the draft comes to you. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys joined. Let's uh, move the conversation over to the Scott Fishbowl. Um, tell me how many years that you've been in the Scott Fish Bowl and any results that you've had. Yeah, this is my second year. I was in the 480 last year was the first one. I was in the Emma Watson division. And, you know, I, I came out of there thinking I had a pretty nice team. And then I had nothing but injuries all season. So no excuses. That happens. I finished 5-7 and seven in ninth place. Um, but I had I had uh, Moncrief, I had Deion Lewis, I had Jordan Reed in and out of my lineup. Zach Ertz got hurt. Uh, Michael Floyd decided to just absolutely tank in the year that we thought he was going to, you know, go for the big contract. It's just my team was pretty sad and pathetic, and I I struggled all year. And once I think I figured out the scoring, he went and changed everything this year. So I got to change my strategy. Well, I, I figured out the scoring real good, and then I think I mentioned in the last episode, I took Gurley over David Johnson with my with the one one pick, and I took um, C.J. Anderson over McCoy on the turn, and I still made the playoffs. Can you imagine oh, wow. if I had, <laughs> if I had gotten that right? Um, yeah, I, I tend to do really well in, in late in drafts and finding guys, uh, but uh, when you blow those first couple picks, it's hard to to win. And I really like David Johnson, too, and I just, I just did, it, I did something that really caused me to look at how I think, which is once I lock in on a thought, and I heard a lot of people talking about the Rams' offensive line, and I, I, I thought, May, maybe I should go to David Johnson, but I just had it in my head to do, pick Gurley, and boy, did I suffer for it. So <laughs> enough about me, but, um, you know, what division are you in and who are some of the key people in your division? Yeah, so I am in the Olaf division this year. And if you do come follow me on Twitter, you'll see my profile pic. Actually, a picture of me in an Olaf 
costume. Um, yeah. And so what, what, what kind of what kind of outfit is that you're wearing? <laughs> so two two Christmases ago, I guess it was Christmas of uh, of 2015. Oh, it's actually um, an Olaf costume. It's yeah, it's actually Olaf. So my oh, my that's kids funny. <laughs> my kids bought me that and made me wear it on Christmas Eve. Um, and my daughter, my youngest daughter, who was 10 at the time, was a big fan of Frozen. And she had the Olaf. If you see me, I'm holding an actual Olaf doll. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, So when, when Scott asked what division you wanted to be, and I thought it was only natural that I, that I picked that division, and he, he honored my request. And I put that picture up there. And I actually put a challenge out on Twitter last week that enough with people taking random pictures of the characters and making them profile pics get in character like I did. And uh, a lot of people told me, I don't think I'm going to be doing that. I'm in the aerial division. One guy told me, and I just think it would be next level fun if some other people joined in and did that. So, um, well, yeah, I, you I know, mean, if, if someone got in the aerial division and dressed as a nipple, Oh, all right. Wrong, <laughs> wrong aerial. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's aerial. I, um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, you know, I, I'm in a division with a few people that I – believe it or not, all three fans that are in my division are people who I know and have come across. Um, Julie Bissonette is my, my buddy from, from up north. I she's love a, Julie. A, she is the best. We're in the uh, Capitalist Pigs 2 uh, uh, Dynasty League together, and, and she's just a joy. She, she comes in there, and she's the only female out of 56 men – uh, 55 men, I guess. I think it's uh, 56 total people. And she's awesome. She hangs with the guys, and she just rolls with everything, and she's a lot of she's fun. A, so, she was a hockey ref. Yes. Yeah, no, she'll – I have no doubt that Julie can handle herself in any situation and take out any guy possible. She uh, – I believe she refed in the, the Olympics, or at least on the uh, yeah, international yeah, level. That's right. So. Yeah, absolutely. So I she's had her in on there. last year. Oh, well, she, I know she, on Twitter she said she wants to get back in, uh, but I don't want to give out too much of my strategy. But I think she, she's gotten to know me already to know the things that I, I like when it comes to the, uh, fantasy football. But um, the Grizzly Beard, Chris Heil is a guy who I've had some interaction with on Twitter. Corey Schneider is uh, – I believe he's also – yeah, he's in the Capitals Pigs League with us also. And Scott brings people together in all, in all ways. Uh, Clint Falwell from Dynasty Happy Hour, the fantasy pastor – we play in a couple of uh, dynasty leagues against each other along the John Bosch lines. I, I know you know John Bosch, and he gets me involved in all yep, kinds absolutely. of crazy and insane leagues. And Tim Torch, I was, in, I was in the Emma Watson division with Tim last year, and he's back in my division this year. Outside of that, I don't really have too much interaction with any of the other guys, but I do see that Mike Tomlin is in my division. I don't know if you have that open to see that. I do. The guy's name is actually Michael Tomlin, so – I guess I know, and I bust, uh, and I, and I, he he followed. He, something happened on Twitter. He answered me on something, and I I wrote back yes. And I also love what you've been doing with the Steelers, and uh, I thought that was funny. The other, uh, you know, I uh, speaking of Tim Torch, I believe he's in a dynasty league with me, and we just made a huge trade. I mean, blockbuster trade. Um, he wanted Melvin Gordon, and I. I gave him Melvin Gordon, and I got LaShawn McCoy. Oh, he got Melvin Gordon in a fourth-round pick, and I got LaShawn McCoy, Willie Sneed, a first-round pick next year in 2018, and a second-round pick this year. And my team was completely – go ahead. 
No, that's a that's a big deal. I mean, that's 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 a lot of tr- uh, players and picks uh, going one way and the other. But um, I like your side of it, actually. I do too. I, uh, you know, my my feeling is Melvin Gordon is great right now, but we all know running back lives can be short. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I can get two more good years out of Shady, um, plus, uh, plus some of the other things, uh, I, you know, I, I felt like it was. I mean, my team was. I, I, it was the dream scenario. I took over an orphan league and uh, just took over this incredibly stacked team, and I've already made like a bunch of really big trades in the league as well. Trading is kind of my thing. My other big trade I just made was I traded um, I traded Snead already. I got to read you this one. Hope you don't mind. No, not at all. I traded uh, Matt Ryan, who I felt was at his height of value, and Willie Snead. I wanted to trade Snead because I had Michael Thomas, and I hate having two running wide receivers on the same team because you always you always end up picking the wrong one. Um, so I traded Matt Ryan and Willie Sneed for Russell Wilson and Rashard Matthews. Well, you definitely upgraded that quarterback. I agree with you. I think that Matt Ryan, if you're if you're in a dynasty league, this is the time to sell because uh, again, with the with the offensive coordinator leaving, and I know the system's going to be the same, but it's just never the same, right? And I think that he peaked last year. I think he'll be a, a good fantasy quarterback, but I, I don't think he'll be on the level of Russell Wilson. I. I I hate to see Willie Sneed go because that's my guy. I, I have that the the need for Snead, as they say, and I just think that he's going to perform so much better than than people expect. And I think that they put a lot of faith in him by moving Brandon Cook. So, but I mean, you use guys to get better guys, and you definitely upgraded your quarterback value. Well, and, and I'm, I'm a big you- Rashard Matthews fan. I did uh, one of my articles. <clears throat> I did some research because I, if you look at Baldwin's last eight games of 2015 and you look at Richard's last eight games of 16 they're almost identical and both of them seem to get in a groove with their quarterback and I was huge on Baldwin last year and and again I I, I think Sneed's in a, a great opportunity I actually saw him in preseason before he broke out, and I actually, if he went back far enough on my timeline, I predicted that he would be a good player when no one, no one had Willie Sneed on their radar. But I, I like Richard Matthews, and I wouldn't be shocked if I win both sides of that deal. But, you know, any trade could backfire on you. Oh, absolutely. You don't know what happens with injuries and just – some guys flame out. It happens all the time. We've all made those those deals where we thought we were walking away, you know, giggling, but uh, we ended up crying. Yep, yep. The key is to make more good ones than bad ones. So um, what is your takeaway on the scoring of SFB7, and what are you hoping to do early in the draft? Yeah, so it's definitely challenging. Uh, you know, we, we're so used to grabbing – wide receivers early and often know in the current state of fantasy. And that's just not the case in, in this uh, scoring format. It definitely takes the, the tight ends and, and moves them up to a higher value. And it takes the higher tight ends. Um, I'm actually doing the mock draft. Now I did two, two mocks. And before I knew I was going to be in the, in the 12th pick, which is where I am, which I 
I'm not thrilled about being at the wraparound. Um, I had done man, one from the ev- sixth ev- hole. Man, everyone in, on the pod tonight has a late pick. Yeah, I'm actually in a mock right now with, with, with Matt Wispy, and uh, he, we're, you know, he's picking right ahead of me and right after me. He's at 11, and I'm at 12. And it's been interesting, his strategy. And, and I know Matt's a smart guy, and, he, and he, uh, you know, he's got the road of his uh, pedigree, so he, he knows his stuff when it comes to the analytics. So I actually watching him mock has, was helpful for me. I, in, in the one where I picked from the 12 spot, I took Russell Wilson at the, at the 12th pick and then staring me in the face was Mike Evans. And you know how that could be like, Oh my God, Mike Evans. And I grabbed him. It unraveled so poorly for me after that. <laughs> I could sit here and tell you, and I don't want to give too much away, obviously, but just in, you know, in the interest of being honest, it's just a bad idea. You, you need quarterbacks, you need running backs, and then you need tight ends. And, um, the one I did from the sixth spot, boy, man, if I if I got if I could draft that team and the Scott Fishbowl, I'd be so confident going in. They could not have been more poor opposite drafts, though. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm definitely going quarterback in one of my first two picks at the the one two wraparound. Whether I go running back or tight end is probably going to depend on what falls to me. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what people do and. Should two top-level quarterbacks fall to me, I might even make that decision. So uh, I can only think I know for sure is at least one of those first two picks will be a quarterback. Question for you today is, again, I'm, I'm big. You know, you mentioned that things unraveled. Was part of the reason it unraveled because there was a lot of runs on positions? Yeah, there was um, there was an early run on, on tight ends, obviously, because once once – Two people took them. People were like, all right, this was it. This is what we're waiting for. That tight end premium's coming in, and a tight end run went. And I decided, all right, the run went. I don't want to get in on what the next level guys are, and I really didn't end up with anybody good at tight end. It was, it, it's just, I ended up so balanced, but you don't want to be balanced in this league. But not even like really good balance. I look at, I look at that team and I get a little nauseous. So I'm so glad it was a trial run, Uh, but I am absolutely, I'm not loving the 12 spot in this format. And I am absolutely worried about runs. I mean, that's what 23 picks before it gets back around to me each time. Yeah, Um, no, I, 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 I would have much preferred to be like the sixth or seventh pick than the 10th, but you, you, you draft with what you got. Yeah, and that's always fun. And I can't wait uh, for the, the fishbowl to kick off. It's a great day. It's a great day on Twitter. A uh, great couple of days, actually. And it usually lasts, you know, a week plus drafts. And I'm very excited for it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to have you, uh, you, know, I'm, you know, on the pod. And you're, you sound like a great guy. I, I look forward to continuing to chat with you and to get you, to know you better through uh, my league and just all the different opportunities that are out there for some hardworking guys uh, trying to make a name for themselves. So it was really a pleasure having you on, Sal. Thanks so much for coming on, and I will talk to you soon. Okay, thank you, Todd. My pleasure. Have a good day. All right, we're moving on to man number four. Next man up is Matthew Zazula. I've had him on the pod before. He goes by... Tango and Cash on Twitter. He is a high stakes, and he just fell off 
the call again, which I don't get why that keeps happening. So I'm going to call Matt back. It might be that this is a very busy time of year, but um, let's see. This is the problem with doing a live show. Let's see if we've got Matt. Matthew, you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. How you doing, bud? Good. How's it going, man? Long time. Kind of talk to you. In I know. A while. We have. I think we... oh, go ahead. No. Yeah, it's been a while since I've had you on, but uh, I think this is your third time on uh, on the pod. I believe so. Yeah, I think last time I was on, I was in the pros versus Joes, where we were talking about the strategy. I think I was going to do, and uh, that was last year. So, and um, yeah, it's just fun. I mean, I'm, this is my third year in the Scott Fishbowl. So, you know, one year I made the playoffs the first year. Then last year, injuries derailed my team. So, you know, there's not much you could do when it comes to injuries, you know. And uh, I think I ended up having Fitzpatrick as my quarterback or something on one of my – on that team. So, you know, there's not that's much you can do when you have – yeah. That's what happened to me in the FBG championships. I made the playoffs. I mean, I made the the regular league playoffs, but uh, and got and I got my money back plus a little. But I just had you know Jordan Reed was you know he got me to the finals with that huge week on Thanksgiving, but he also got knocked out for the next week. Had a couple other guys. It, the injuries suck. It's just part of life. Oh, but it, man. It, it's, yeah. When, you know, at, at one point in that F, FBG, I was in the top 100 out of, I don't know, 7,000 people. And then, you know, some injuries. But that's life. Um, I know that you uh, live in Las Vegas, and you always go and do the big FFPC championship. Um, you planning on doing that again this year? You know, uh, at this point, uh, I have a friend, me and him, have done it for the past four years. Uh, last year, uh, we had a little bit of a issue with uh, – I had Gary Barnage on my team and I had Duke Johnson as my first running back. I, I kind of went zero running backs with uh, the first uh, four guys. I had Julio Jones. I had Brandon Cook, T.Y. Hilton. And the one that was, a, you know, you got to kind of jump out, right? You know, you can't kind of do AT, ADPs in any of your drafts. So I, I took Marvin Jones at the end of the fourth where I was kind of kicking myself where if I would have took, like, uh, DeMarco Murray there and then came back with a Latavius Murray in the fifth, you know what I mean, because I was picking right at the yep. end, you know. But uh, or I was the 1-3, so it was the tenth, you know what I mean. But. You know, hindsight's 50-50. When, when, you know, every year you could go back and look at your rosters and you could say, well, man, if this, if, if this was this or that, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, we were 6-5, and five, you know, but, you know, you got you to gotta be the number one and number two in head-to-head and, and wins and losses, and then you got to be one and two in the, uh, for points first and second. So that's for you to get in your league playoffs. And then we couldn't even, you know – get it to the, just our own league playoffs. But you know what? We did get Spencer Ware pretty late, so that was a nice uh, nice move there. But, uh, yeah, you know what I mean. It, it, it happens every year, you know, especially especially in, in, in a deep field like the FFPC's main event. You get, like, almost 2,000 teams. And, you know, and it's it's tough. I mean, you get 12 teams in your league, 
But, you know, you got to have a lot of luck. And there's some people that fire six, seven, eight teams, ten teams. So, you know, they can afford to go four running backs in a row or, you know, but but there's just, there's just so many different strategies, just like what we're going to talk about today is the Scott Fishbowl. You know, with the new rules, I mean, no points per reception for receivers. Tight ends get two and a half. And then, you know, uh, you know, was it one and a half points uh, for our first down or is it one? I'm sorry? For the, oh, for the Scott Fishbowl, I was saying, like, the strategy now with the Scott Fishbowl, it's like you've got to have all the different strategies, kind of like when you go into the FFPC. It's oh, like yeah. the new Absolutely. rules. Absolutely. Yeah, the new rules this year with the Scott Fishbowl, there's no uh, points per reception for receivers. Tight ends get two and a half points per reception. And the running backs, is not, it, not is for it, reception, uh, for first downs. Oh, that's what I mean. But, but, but yeah, tight ends. I, I know that. Yeah, tight ends get two and a half, right? Yeah. It's all yeah. it's first downs instead of uh, PPR. Catches. And yeah, exactly. I know that there's certain people who are trying to make that the next wave of the future. I suggested to Andy Behrens once on Twitter when they were talking about it, I think a perfect world would be half a point PPR and half a point for first downs. But, uh, again, I, I don't I, – you know, I, I get trying to make scoring better. And, you know, but some – some things just don't need to be messed with. I, I like PPR. Um, hey, look, I, I also realize that Scott's going to do what he's going to do to try and, oh. you know, push the outer boundaries, and that's what makes SFB so fun is the fact oh. that you have to interpret the rules every year. But I do want to go back, and I just want to make sure that uh, are you going to be doing, you and your partner doing a team in FFPC this oh, year? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I've – we might do an online this time, even though we live in Las Vegas. We, you know, we go every year. It's a blast. They have a draft party. And, you know, it's, this year it's at the Planet Hollywood. And I was telling them, you know, maybe we'll just do it online. Because I'm so – I'm into so many MFLs. I do so many best balls. I just do all my drafts online. Nothing wrong with going in person. You know, you get your 90 seconds per pick. But, you would, but if you do it online, it's the same thing. But I'm just so used to looking at my list online, you know, Instead of writing, like, I'll do my own ADP, I'll have all my players when I go into these drafts, you know what I mean? I'll get all my players. And and once because I'm so over-prepared, because I've already done, like, almost 30 MFL so far, you know what I mean? So you're almost kind of like, get your guy, right? Even in these MFLs, it's like, don't look at the ADP when it says it on there. Well, this guy's been going at the, you know, the 30, you know, 35th overall ADP, but but going back to the FFPC, I think we might try it online this year if we if we go that route. But I am really looking at doing maybe the the football guys players championship this year. Yeah, so. it's the same format. You can fit three or four teams into yeah. you know one you know like five teams into what it costs you to do the main event. I, I mean, know. you know, it's, but it's, the it's, yeah. It, 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 it's you know, and and meanwhile, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, boy, you know, one. It's not like money's an issue for me, but I just, I just, you know, it's like I have this thing where, I mean, I'm already going to spend two or three grand on fantasy football this year between, you know, I'll probably do 150 MFL 10s and then my regular leagues and maybe not, you know, probably not three grand, but, you know, I'll do an F. Go ahead. 
No, I, I did very well in the MFLs. I profited almost $400 last year, but I only did like 25 leagues. And I, you know what I mean? You, you hit on it. I did a couple MFL 25s. I hit, hit one. But, like, even my home leagues, I only do two home leagues. I've been doing uh, this one home league since 2003, and it's very old school. Nobody wants to go to PPR. It's standard scoring. It's very basic. It's almost like limit poker, right? But, yep. you know, no, no limit's flashy. I compare, like, PPR to no limit, right? Standard scoring is like limit poker. You know what I mean? It's, it's not flashy, but you're not risking, you know, your, all your money on one hand. Where no limit, boom. PPR is the same way, you know? You're kind of like, you know, a lot of action. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're limited. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you're, you're going to the river. You know, everybody's calling you. You know what I mean? It's like you can't raise somebody out of the pot. But, uh, but I've been doing uh, one home league since 2003, and I won it five times, right? It used to be 14 teams. And uh, people were getting tired of me winning, and they were like, ah, so like four people dropped out. But it's, it's such a tradition. I've known a lot of these guys for years. And the, and the guy that runs the league is my partner in the, in the high-stakes league. So he, um, so now it's down to 10 teams, which is fine. It's just a bunch of buddies getting together. And then I do one other home league. But, like, uh, I did, did my best in, in the best ball format, you know, the MFLs. It's like you don't have to set the lineup. You know, you draft your team. Because people were like, you're drafting now? I said, yeah, I've been drafting since the end of February. I want to see where – I'm a degenerate, man. I want to I see where all the, AD, you know, where all the ADPs are. You know what I mean? Hell, you know, because you could get some really good – I stuck good. the needle in as soon as the bag was, was out of your pocket. Well, I think I, I think I sent you an invite. I'm always the ones that are telling people, hey, you know, I'll set one up. Like last night, I think you, you got in with me one that started this morning. Yeah, I so, – you know, I, 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 I got lucky. Melvin Gordon fell to me, I think, at 10. Well, yeah, there's, uh, you know, I was the 12th spot. I don't mind those end spots, but, you know, I actually went Devontae Freeman and Michael Thomas, you know, because they're, you know, they're both upside guys, you know what I mean? And, and obviously with Michael Thomas, you know, with Brandon Cooks in New England now, you know, Michael Thomas could see 160, 170 targets this year. Um, Everyone keeps know telling me that's not going to happen. Because well, of the history, but I mean, the guy was as a rookie was the seventh, I think, highest scorer in MFL tens, and now Cooks is gone. I, I know he might not get just you know 160 targets, but it's hard not to like him at the end of the first round. Well, the thing is, I like him in the second. Um, I rather grab one well, of those of running backs at, at at the end. Just just my just my flavor. Um, you know, I've been taking Doug Baldwin in the second as well. I've been kind of liking him if he could fall, you know, down. I, I loved him in the third, but I just, you know, I like him a lot in the second. But, uh, but you know, I love getting a running back. Like, I was stubborn last year. I think a lot of my teams I did a zero running back. But, um, you know, I've been kind of like, okay, at least if I could grab, a, you know, one of these running backs in the first or, or second, then I'm good to go up until the fifth or sixth. But, but, like, with the Scott Fishbowl, I, I did a mock, right? And, I, and the guy set it up. I forget his name, Sal, uh, Sal Stefanali's uh, friend, uh, set it up. And I told him, could you put me in the sixth spot? Because I, I drew the sixth spot in the Beast Division with Justin Lanero and Jacob, Jacob Rick Road and Alex Gel, Gelhar from NFL uh, Network. That's a tough and, division. And, uh, 
it's pretty tough. And there's uh, I remember I remember Grant. seeing that. That was like one of the few one of the groups of death. It is pretty pretty tough. But we, you know, uh, Scott was like I was like Scott, put me in with Justin and and Lanero. You know, he's a good friend of mine. Um, and uh, and Jacob, I met Jacob out here at the. Uh, he he had a team last year in the FFPC. It was, so it was finally cool to meet him because we've always. You know, we've met, I've met so many really good people in the industry, and, you know, it's almost became friendships, just like you, Todd. I met you through Twitter, and, you know, it's kind of funny how everybody connected. And I originally got on just to kind of, you know, follow the, the analyst and kind of fill it out. But then I and ended then up And then you want to be one. Yeah, you know, and, uh, well, you know, or, definitely or, not gonna quit my, I'm definitely not going to quit my day job, but I did have either. a chance. I did have a chance to write for a, a website called Sportable, and it was Sal Stefanelli set that up about three years ago, and I actually end up I was the high stakes uh, fantasy football writer for them, and which was really cool. It was like 500 words or less, and you would just do little blogs. It was really cool. And TJ Hernandez, I mean uh, Matt Harmon before he got an NFL. There was just so many that Sal had working for them because you know it was just a really cool setup because you didn't have to overthink, you know what I mean? You didn't have to do a, you know, a 2,000 word, you know, st- story or whatever on, you know, your tears or or whatever, but but Sal helped me break in, and so it was really cool that I got to, you know, got the right for a little while. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing it again. It's just you have to find your niche, and um, I, I like to do podcasts myself, but it's just like, you know, finding the time, and then Finding what to talk for me, about. Just for me, know. podcasting is a lot more natural. I'm a lot, you yeah. know. I've been writing lately, and it's work for me. I mean, it's it's starting to be a little better, but um, writing is much harder for me than talking. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I mean, my English. I mean, well, the world we live in today, anyway. Everybody text messages. You know, who's the last time you received a letter in the mail? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you're right. You can obviously they have. Spell My last check letter and, arrived on a dinosaur's back. Exactly, but you know spell check. It's you know you don't have to worry about misspelling a word to correct you. But it's just it's it's cool. Like I wrote poetry before, but it's just like for me to kind of okay, what let me sit down and write out write something where nobody else has written before. Like I love your graph that you did, by the way. That you uh, did with the uh, it, it showed what was it the percentage? Well, Is that yeah, what it was? The, the per, I, I've done it for running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, and it yes. shows the percentage of times that they got ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, and forty points, and then I heat mapped it. That was really cool because I don't think I've ever seen anybody do it a percentage like that. You know, what I, mean? I don't think so either. I, I like, I, I, you know, that's the thing. As I'm writing, I'm getting more ideas. Can't wait for you. I'll have to, I'll have to uh, DM you and tell you my next idea. I'm, uh, it, it, the article's done. I, I actually submitted it to another website. I haven't heard back yet, and if because okay. I think it fits what they do. If that doesn't go through, I'll, uh, I'll send it over to Diehards. But uh, you know, I wanted to try and get a shot at this one site. Because I thought it yeah. fit their profile, and uh, but basically it's to to give everyone just a kind of a heads up because it'll be out soon. I basically took home and away splits for quarterbacks, and okay. then punch and then punched in every quarterback's home games this week this year. 
Oh, okay. so you can, so you can kind of like if you've got a guy with a big split, you can find a quarterback who doesn't have as big a split, or even better, you can find a quarterback who also has a big split, but they don't have the same home games this year. And I think that's a really kind of neat way to, you know, I'm, uh, to supercharge your quarterback position. Oh, cool. That is very cool. I like that. Yeah, so we'll I like see. That a lot. But, uh, yeah, for sure. Okay, but so anyways, let me ask what, you a couple what, SFP. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was, gonna, I was wondering what division are you in for the Scott Fishbowl? I'm in Cruella DeVille. And okay. I, I, you know, I, 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 I'm a hero. <laughs> I'm not a villain. So I would have been, uh, I would have been happier in a hero division, but it's all right. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, but I, uh, yeah. I I'm in Cruella and I, I know, uh, Brandon, Marianne Lee's in there. And, okay. uh, the, I, I've got a tough division. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, what uh, what are you? Uh, what spot are you? You call you uh, drafting out of? I'm I'm in the ten spot. Oh, okay. So in my division, let's see. I pulled it up. Just give me one second. Really good for uh, for uh, <laughs> live radio. So uh, Jared Smola from Draft Sharks. Andy Carlson. Tim Keller, Matthew, Fr- no, that's not it. That's not my division. Hold on. What the? It didn't uh, do. All right, hold on. I know what happened. It always okay. takes me a little while. All right, so Mike Riggs is in my division. Charles Klein, okay. Klein Kessel uh, of Rotoviz, Brandon Marion Lee, Bob Lung, uh, Greg Scora, Jacob Butner of the Dynasty Happy Hour. So it's uh, it's a pretty tough division, I think. Nice, nice. Well, anyways, yeah. So yeah, well, you know, just was kind of curious to see what division you were in. Yep, no worries. I'm glad that that that's what makes this pod fun. Is it's uh, it's uh, you know it, I I don't plan it as much as I do some of the. You know, like if I had you on for a whole episode, I would write all these questions. And I do it much more loose, and we're getting four people in in a short period of time. Oh, yeah. it, it's it's meant to be a more fun pod to really kind of get to know everyone and just kind Definitely. of really just appreciate the whole opportunity we have to, you know, that Scott gives us with this uh, SFB. Um, I want your take on the scoring system. Um and I, I know this that's kind of one of your things you're really good at. So why don't you tell us your thoughts on the scoring system and how to uh, attack the draft? Okay, so I have the, uh, the sixth spot. And um, I was going over first downs uh, last year, looking at the running backs at uh, first down. I think I'm going to try to go, you know, with the with, – the running backs, of course, you never know until it drops to you. I think it's, you know, it depends on all. Some people, you know, they love the receivers, but I think now it's not emphasized much because now it's just, you know, they don't have the points for reception. Yes, I get it. You know, I, I would say maybe, I don't know what Julio got last year or Odell, but I'm going to say they probably got somewhere in the 60 to 70 first down range uh, where, you know, 
like you can get a guy like obviously I'm not going to get David Johnson or Bell, but they got something like 90, uh, 90 first downs last year. Where I think you know a lot of these, you know, running backs you could you know you go early, and so I think that that their value is a lot more than you know like your normal MFL drafts is where you're going to see a lot more of these wide receivers go and go in the first and second. You know what I mean? Where you could actually probably wait on getting. Um, you know, your your wide receiver and wait till the fifth or sixth round. You know what I mean? And I think absolutely. Now, My question is, I know that I'm not going to go wide receiver heavy. I'm I'm going to fade wide receivers. And, I mean, even in MFL 10s, I don't mind fading wide receivers um, in certain amount of drafts because I know that there's a lot of best ball type wide receivers who I can get later in drafts. Um and if you do the FFPC drafts, wide receivers don't go as fast there. You, you can see sometimes 23rd, 24th round, some still some pretty decent choices at wide receiver. Um, but my my thought, you know, I mean, my first takeaway is you got to get a quarterback and a running back early, right? And then, but then you don't get a tight end. And if you if you have to wait like I do, 17 or 18 picks um, to the to your third-round pick, um, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, that's the thing that keeps befuddling me, and I, I, I wish I had your draft spot because the killer in these drafts, I think, is going to be the runs. And one of my core principles is it's much better to start a run than to finish a run. You yes. know, I'd rather, like you always say, I'd rather reach three or four spots and get a, you know, the, the, a, a top of a tier guy than to take, you know, the, the 18th or 25th best quarterback just because I want a second quarterback. I think as if, you know, you got your top three running backs and you got, you know, your top three, four, five quarterbacks. If you really don't have a chance to get those guys, you know, you could afford to wait a round or two. You know what I mean? So, yes, I get the runs, but there's going to be times where, you know, especially with two-quarterback leagues, this is my only really two-quarterback league I, I do. I tend to – I tend – you know, last year uh, – I'm trying to think. Did I take quarterback in the second round? Oh, you know, I waited. I waited to the third. I got Marcus Mariota. Then I waited to the eighth round, and I got Alex Smith. Those were my two number ones because of the the rushing bonus last year for uh, I think it was a did quarterbacks have a bonus last year? Yeah, they well no, uh, uh, it was rushing a, in general had point two five last year. That's you thank you thank you that's what I knew it was something with the running. So my theory was I wanted to get a couple running quarterbacks right because you know Alex Smith he's he's good for twenty yard outs you know what I mean but he'll he'll sometimes he'll run it in four five times you know Mariota's the same way. So this year, now quarterbacks aren't getting six points uh, per touchdown per pass. They're getting five. But they're just still so valuable, you know, because you, you start one every, you'll no, start get two every week. They get oh, six are you sure? Passing. Yeah. Are they? I thought it was five. I, maybe I misread that. I thought I heard it was five points. Okay. Well, either way, it's, it's still, five, still for, rather, it's five for everyone else, but you get the point for the first down. Um, that's what Matt Wispy mentioned earlier. Uh, I'm okay. looking at the league, league live scoring, no, rule scoring. 
number of passing TDs, six points each. So, yeah, oh, six okay. points for quarterback okay. pass. And, 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 you know, the interesting thing to me is, you know, I, I think something that's a little sneaky is that running quarterbacks will get you first downs with their feet as 100%. well as their arms. 100%. Now, yes, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is elite, obviously. But, you know, Tom Brady's not going to get you those, you know, first downs. He might run it, you know, run it. But, you know, how often, you know, he's only he's 40 now. They're, you know, they're going to want the guy to stand behind that pocket as long as he can, you know. But, you know, obviously Russell Wilson has a lot of value. You know, Mariota, you know, Winston. You know, Winston, I think, is a, a really good uh, quarterback in this format, just, just for given the fact that the uh, – the running back situation down there, um, you know, it's not really clear right now, uh, but, uh, you know. I see that you're a fan of the quiz. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of the Buccaneers. I, I grew up in Orlando, but I, you know, live in Las Vegas for the past 18 years. But my first game I ever went to, I was it was a Buccaneer game, and I got to see, uh, we, we used to call him, you know, Vinny Testaverde, but we used to call him Testicle Verde. But um, yeah, he was you know he, he was awful in Tampa. <laughs> he's terrible. He got but I mean, that he, whole he, he, <laughs> he, he had to go to the Jets and have Bill Parcells coach him before he was any good. Well, you know he, he that whole franchise with uh, the uh, the guy the, I I don't even want to say his name, but you know he he set that whole fran Glazer House. You know uh, yeah, you know. No, no, actually, no, Malcolm Glazers. The Glazers actually own the team right now. But anyways, uh, I used to go watch them, and nobody would go to the, the games, right? But long story short, that with Jaquiz Rogers, I think he's going to have really a lot of value. People think, well, he won't have any value after Doug Martin comes back. But realistically, I don't even know what Doug Martin is going to do when he gets back. The guy, you know, he's not on the hook until – they're not on the hook to pay the guy until after the – you know, until he's on the roster, you know what I mean? Or till after the the, the the third game. You know what I mean? But I, I another reason why I like Winston this year too is because they're gonna throw a lot. You know what I mean? They're gonna they got so many weapons for him now. He has no reason to not succeed down there. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I get it, the offensive line is, is being shuffled around. They're trying some new things with uh, Marpert at center, which is tricky. You know, you get a guy that played right guard and you move him over to center, he's got to read the whole defense. He's got to read the secondary. He's got to tell the, the offensive line where to line up. That's tricky. But, you know, that I like, I like your quiz. You know, he's, uh, he's cheap. You're getting him in the 17th round. But anyway, so that's why I, I've gotten a lot of him, and I've gotten a lot of uh, Sanu as well. I get him. I have, I, like, I threw, I threw you a curveball there. I know. It's fine. I, you know, you got me. You must look at my shares. But I have, like, uh, I have 11. <laughs> Damn 11 right, I looked Muhammad. at your shares. I know I, I got I have eleven Mohammed Sanus this year out of out of the three we, we we have the exact same number one owned player. That's hilarious. Yep, Zach Ertz is my number one owned player, and Zach Ertz is your number one owned player. You know, it just falls to me. He's there in the eighth round. You know, I could probably get him in the ninth, but I just I just love a rookie. Well, he's not a rookie anymore. Carson Wentz. It's his second year, but they. Tight ends are a blanket for quarterbacks that haven't been in the league very long. You look what Cameron Brake did for Winston last year. He trusted Cameron Brake. You know what I mean? So yep. I, I, that's why I like that's why I like Ertz a lot. He's just you know he's a blanket I, for the quarterback. I, Ertz is my number one owned, 
And uh, hold on, let's see if it's still that way. Um, the guy that I like even more, but I, 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 I don't, let's see how it is right now. I've done a lot more leagues than you. I'm up to like 65. Yep, Ertz yeah, is now my him, number man. two. He's been usurped by Kyle Rudolph, who's my number one. Okay. And I've okay. and I've right. got some I got some leagues where I've got both of them. I I really you know Kyle Rudolph. If you look at his numbers last year, I mean he was consi- he was everything we thought he would be when he came out. And yeah. And Bradford really seemed to look for him and. He was consistent. He scored touchdowns. If that offense improves with the better O-line, I really like Kyle Rudolph this well, year. Well, that's what I was just saying with Brate, you know, and Ertz. You know, Bradford, He they're comfortable with the guys going over the middle, you know, because that's where it is. It's the money, you know, especially in the, in the red zone. I don't know what the red zone was for Rudolph last year, but Cameron Brate, uh, he had probably had four or five touchdowns in the red zone. You know, oh yeah, that, so and, you know what I mean. And so he's a great so, pick because they took OJ Howard. He, he's a he's he's. I'm still taking brace shares. What 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 it is is that yes, people say well rookie tight ends and all that. The thing is that what's intriguing about OJ Howard, which I I really don't know much, even though I'm, I'm a fan. Maybe if I had a dynasty team, which I really haven't played much, I would probably take Howard just for the future because I think he'll grow well with Winston. But the thing is that really is intriguing with Howard. I think nobody knows about that Alabama historically has not used the receivers and tight ends to their potential. It's a running, it's a running team. It's run first. You look at Julio Jones when he was there, he, he didn't have very big stats. You know what I mean? They they underuse the weapons there, but that's their game, right? Nick Saban loves to run the ball there. But but you look at O.J. Howard when he was in the national championship games, and they always say, you know when stars shine, whether it's on the national championship stage or the finals, whether you're watching LeBron or Curry or whether you hate him or you love these guys, they shine on the national stage. And he had he had the MVP one year. I don't know the exact stats. I think he had six or seven catches one year for 200 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's impressive. And he's, you know, that was against Clemson. You know, Clemson's yeah, a very I, solid team. You know, I, just, uh, that's that's the big question I think people have with him because he was really. Every time I hear somebody that argues O.J. Howard, is that they say is that he was, you know, he didn't. Why didn't he have better stats there? But if you look at the history with Alabama, they typically underuse those guys. But anyways, that's that's oh, my yeah. two cents on the whole I, I, OJ I, 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 I watched him at the Senior Bowl, and it's just pretty apparent he's a good player. But uh, we, we're running out of time, so I'm going to ask you a final oh, yeah. question. Go ahead, if, or you can make a final comment. Go ahead. No, let's hear what you got, man. I, I start rambling on, and we got into our old. MFL ten stuff. It's all like it was. It's okay, you know? you know. It's the four. It's the fourth episode. Everyone's heard a lot about S- SFB, and we talked a lot of SFB. Um, but the the thing I want to know from you is, who, who's your favorite sleeper this year? Favorite sleeper. Pick any position. Any any position that's. Uh, for fantasy, not 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 like a IDP guy or something like that. Okay, you know I'm, I I 
watched Kareem Hunt at Toledo. I'm not a big, you know, draft Nick guy. I don't watch. I don't, you know, rewatch film. But I think that quarterbacks tend to, you know, in Andy Reid's system, they work pretty well. I mean, I do like Spencer where he's proven himself. But every year you have guys go down. So where Kareem Hunt's going in the 10th, 11th, even the 12th round, you know, I think he's going to be really, really great value there. And I think he's going to, you know, for, for the ADP you're getting him this year, I think he's going to uh, really, uh, you know, his, his points will be more than where you're getting him. You know what I mean? I, I like the call. I like the player. I like a lot of the rookie running backs. And I've yes. started doing more dynasty leagues because trading's my thing. And that's where you can do more of it. But, uh, Matt, really great having you on again. And uh, you know, man, you got an open invitation. Anytime you want to talk, you just hit me up on Twitter and we'll, 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 we'll find time to do it. Uh, tell everyone again where they can find you on Twitter. And uh, thank you, as always, for coming on the show. Hey, I appreciate it, man. You know, I, I, I'm always open to talk football. I could, you know, my wife's always like, yeah, that's all you do is you talk football, even to me. And, you know, and I'm like, well, hey, hon, you know, you, you, you knew when you got into when you married me. But anyways, um, <laughs> you can find me. At, <laughs> you can find me. <laughs> you can find me at uh, Tango and Cash FF. That is my name I usually use in my all my teams, uh, whether it's MFL or uh, high stakes, uh I'm always open. Come ask me any questions, whether you agree with me or not agree with me. I'm usually not as active as much as I used to be, but I still get on there and talk. I, but, uh, yeah, you could always reach me on Twitter. And if you're always down to doing MFL, MFL, let me know. I might be firing up some more in the near future. And, uh, yeah, that's where, I'll, that's where I'll be on Twitter. Awesome, Matt. Thanks so much. I, I was going to lead out with this song um, every episode, and then I realized it was like seven minutes long. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to do another song that I think makes sense. Um, the song is originally a song that was done by the Carpenters, um, and we're all trying to be a superstar. And Sonic Youth did a really great version. So we're going to lead out these SFB7 Uh, pods with this song Superstar by Sonic Youth have a good night everyone
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.